Judges 14, it says, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a, a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father's mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath, and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand. He told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. He took thereof in his hands and went on eating, and came to his father and his mother. And he gave them, and they did eat. But he told them not that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast, for so used the young men to do. It came to pass, when they saw him, that they brought thirty companions to be with him. Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you, if you can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast, and find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty changes of garments. But if you cannot declare it me, then shall you give me thirty sheets and thirty changes of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth the riddle, that we may hear it. He said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expand the riddle. It came to pass on the seventh day that they sent unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband, that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have ye called us to take that we have? Is it not so? And Samson's wife wept before him and said, Thou dost but hate me, and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people, and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and shall I tell it to thee? She wept before him the seventh days, while their feast lasted came to pass on the seventh day that he told her, because she lay sore upon him, and she told the riddle to the children of her people. A wonder, wonderful, joyous marriage occasion, huh? And the men of the city said unto him on the seventh day, before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? He said unto them, If ye had not plowed with my heifer, ye had not found out my riddle. And the spear of the Lord came upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon, and slew thirty men of them, and took their spoil, and gave change of garments unto them which expanded the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went to his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he had used as his friend. But it came to pass, within a while after, in the time of the wheat harvest, Samson visited his wife with a kid, and said, I will go into my wife under the chamber. But her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said, I verily thought that thou hast utterly hated her. Therefore I gave her to thy companion. Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said concerning them, Now shall I be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst of between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines, burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and olives. Then the Philistines said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. The Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. Samson said unto them, Though ye have done this, yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I will cease. He smote them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down to the ro- and dwelt on the top of the rock, Edom. 
Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Leah. And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up, to do to him as he hath done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock and said to Samson, Knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee in the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye may not fail, fall upon me yourselves. And they spoke, spake unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast, and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bind him with new, two new cords, and brought him up from the rock. And when he came unto Leah, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms brake as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands, and he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With a jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with a jaw of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand. And called the place Ramathilia. And he was sore athirst, and called on the Lord, and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst, fall in the hand of the uncircumcised? But God clave in hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Wherefore he called the name thereof in Hakkor, which is in Leah unto this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. Then went Samson down to Gaza, and saw there an harlot, and went in unto her. It was told the Gazites, saying, Samson has come hither. And they compassed him in, and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city, and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson laid on midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gate of the city, and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders, and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron, about thirty-six miles. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sork, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her, and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth. By what means we may prevail against him, we may bind him to afflict him. We will give thee, every one of us, eleven hundred pieces of silver. Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, if they bind me with seven green wisps that were never dried, then shall I be weak as, and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green wisps which had not been dried, and she bound him with, with them. Now there were, with men, uh, there were men lying in the wait, abiding with her in the chamber, and she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the wisps as a thread of tow is broken, when it toucheth the fire, so his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. He said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak, and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes, and bound him therewith, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait, abiding in the chamber. And he brake them from off his arms like a thread. Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me, and told me lies, Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, Thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web. She fastened it with the pin and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He waked out of his sleep and went away with the pin of the beam and with the web. She said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? 
Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and urged him, so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, that There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak, and be like any other man. Delilah saw that he told her all his heart. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her, and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And he, she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. He woke out of his sleep, and, and said, I will go out as at other times before thee, and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him, and put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again, after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered themselves together to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their god, to rejoice. For they said, Our god hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. When the people saw him, they praised their god. For they said, Our god hath delivered into our hands our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. It came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they called for Samson. They said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called on the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, and of the one with his right hand, and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords, and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down, and took him, and brought him up, and buried him between Zorah and Eshtol, in the burying place of Manoah his father, and he judged Israel twenty years. I titled this message tonight, message tonight, Samson, a man who self-destructed. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege it's ours to be uh, gathered here together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples that it gives us uh, in these characters that are given set before us in your word. We know these things are written for our example and for our admonition, our warning. And I, Father, I pray that you'd help us to uh, heed the warnings and the instructions that you give us, that we might glorify you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Samson is a, an interesting character in the Bible. He's a man of extremes. Acting on his own many times without forethought or without plans. He acted on his impulses. And yet he accomplished some astounding feats. For example, the book of Judges tells us about his exploits. He tore a lion apart with his bare hands. He struck down 30 Philistines men and took their garments. He caught 300 foxes. No Ryan's wishing he could do that. 300 foxes 
but he tied their tails together and set them on fire. He slaughtered a thousand men with a, with a jawbone of a donkey. He tore off the city gates of Gaza and carried it to the top of the hill. And then he pushed down the temple, killing 3,000 people. Now, I want you to think a little bit about this gates of Gaza. Archaeologists have done some research, and this came out of Friday Church News, wayoflife.org. It says the Gaza gate would have consisted of two thick doors that could be barred, and the side posts probably turned in stone sockets. Many of the ancient gates were also covered with metal, or at least reinforced with metal bands. Samson pulled up the barred gate with the side posts attached and carried the whole thing off. It was as if he pulled a flower out of the ground. Yet Dr. William Barrick computed the weight of the gates and posts to have been between 5 and 10 tons. And Samson carried the gate to Hebron, which was 36 miles away and 3,200 feet higher in altitude. Samson is a fascinating but ultimately sad case. He was a God-called judge who could subdue the Philistines, but he could not subdue his own sensual appetites. Unquote. David Sorensen in his commentary said this, Though Samson was a Nazarite from birth, it appears he was a spoiled child used to getting his own way. I want to look at some things about Samson tonight that ought to be a warning and instructive to us. First of all, he judged by the eye. He judged by the eye. Notice chapter 14, verse 1 through 3. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. She pleaseth me well. Again, verse 7, it says, She pleased Samson. Well, the words pleaseth me well are one Hebrew word, and it means she's straight in my eyes. I approve it. She's straight in my eyes. I approve it. But is it not? Is it not the eye that causes us to sin many times? Think about it. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It says, When the woman food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband, and he with her. In Joshua 7, verse 21, uh, speaking of Achan, it says, When I saw among the spoils a, a goodly Babylonian garment, and 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. Behold, they are hidden the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. And here in Judges 14.1, it says she's, he saw a woman of Timnath. And then again in chapter 16, he went down, Samson went down to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. First Samuel 13.11, 
And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, that thou camest not when the days appointed, and the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmash. He said, I forced myself. He intruded into the priest's office and offered a sacrifice. Speaking of David, when Bathsheba, it says in 2 Samuel 11, verse 2, came to pass in the evening time that David arose from off his bed, walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. 1 John 2, 15 and 16 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof, but who doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. Proverbs 6.25 warns us, Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. Proverbs 31.30 says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. We must not judge by the eye. Everything isn't as it appears. You know, this is sort of like, you know, Bradley coming home from Wake Tech and telling Dad, hey, Dad, I saw a really cute girl down at Wake Tech. I really like her. And his dad's rolling his eyes. My mom's thinking, what in the world has got into your head? See, it's not just what it appears. We must not judge by the eye, but Samson judged by the eye. Notice the second thing about Samson. He lacked respect for authority. Now again, verse 3 of chapter 14, it says, Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Two things I want to mention here. First of all, there's a lack of respect for parental authority. Uh, you know, God gave us parents to direct us, to protect us, and to correct us. Proverbs 4, 1 through 4 says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. You know, David here is instructing Solomon that you need to listen to the instruction of your father. I'm here to instruct you, I'm here to direct you, I'm here to protect you, and I'm here to correct you. Proverbs 23:22. Hearken unto thy father that begot thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. You know, the, the familiar verse in the New Testament, Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Uh, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth. You know, the fifth commandment is honor thy father and mother. You know, God gave us parents 
again, to, to direct us and to protect us. You think David could have instructed Solomon a little bit about a strange woman? Knowing what David went through? What, how it affected David's life? But yet, Solomon didn't heed David's instructions. So there was a lack of respect for parental authority. But it goes deep, it's deeper than that because there was also a lack for God's authority. Notice verses 1 and 2. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman of Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. The Philistines were part of the Canaanite nations that occupied the land of Israel when they came out of Egypt, whom God told to destroy. They, they were a coastal people. They were never a very large people, but they became quite powerful. They were very resourceful and uh, advanced. They had, you know, in fact, if you read the book of uh, 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 even book, even to the, to the days of Samuel and Saul, every man of Israel went down to the Philistines to get his farming tools sharpened. They had they had weapons of metal and uh, and swords. You know, during Saul's kingdom, the only people that had swords were Saul and Jonathan. But the Philistines had swords. Children of Israel used farming tools to fight their battles. And they would go down to the Philistines. So they were advanced people, more advanced than Israel, and they kept them kind of in bondage, uh, especially during the time of Judges. And, and they, they afflicted them all the way up until, until David's time. Uh, so they were part of the Canaanite nations uh, occupying the land, whom God said to destroy. And, and, and Deuteronomy 7 very clearly tells us they were not to intermarry with these people. This is, this is, so this is not just simply an issue of disregarding parental oversight. This is an issue of disregarding God's word. So here you have Samson dis, disregarding or showing little respect for the word of God. But it goes on. Look at chapter 14, verse 5. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. Look at verse 10. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made it there a feast, and for so used to young men to do. So, so he goes down to Timnath, and in verse 10 it says there's a marriage feast. Now, we notice it says in Timnath, he went down to the vineyards of Timnath. And again, what is Samson? It's a Nazarite vow. He's not to partake of anything of the vine. Nothing. And he goes to Timnath, where there's all these vineyards. And there's, there's this marriage feast. What do we, from the Bible, what do we know that they serve at the marriage feasts? They serve wine, grape juice. That which comes from the vine. Yeah, I would say Samson was always playing Russian roulette. 
with his vow, and which is his consecration to God. So he was careless. You know, again, it shows us that when you go over to chapter 16 as well, in his, his, his cat and mouse game with Delilah. He's playing Russian roulette. He's playing with his life. He's acting like it's a fun and game situation. And he reveals to her, he reveals to her his secret. Which the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, not to the wicked. But Proverbs 4 tells us in verses 14 and 15, Enter not into the path of the wicked, go not in the way of evil men, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. You know, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Keep your place here in Judges, we'll be back. But Ephesians chapter 4. There are five walks, which I think are kind of helpful for us as we think about Samson. And his uh, <clears throat> beginning in chapter 4 and into chapter 5, there's five walks. And if you mark your Bible, you might want to walk, walk these. You might want to mark these. Uh, number, first one is in, in, in chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prison of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. So we're to walk worthy. Chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. I call this walk thoughtfully or thinking. In the world, don't think about where it's going. Don't think about it. You know, Samson wasn't thinking. He wasn't thinking. Where's this leading me? He just plunged ahead. Chapter 5, verse 2 is the third one. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. You're to walk in love. If we, if we love the Lord, we will obey him. We'll keep his commandments, John 14 says. So walk in love, walk in obedience. Uh, number 4 is in chapter 5, verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. So walk like or as a child of God. Walk like a saint. Live like one. Again, was Samson living that way? No. Chapter or Verse 15. Here's the last one. Number five, see then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word circumspectly means accurately or carefully. And a a good picture of that is how you would walk in an active cow pasture. You're going to watch where you put your steps. Walk circumspectly. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what's ahead of you. But Samson, Samson disregarded all these things, all these warnings that God gave him. And, and you think about that, makes me think of Eli in second, or 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30. You know, Eli, the priest, the high priest, had his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. 
and, and Eli was a careless priest. He was just careless. And in chapter 2, verse 30, a man of God comes and warns him and says this to him in verse 30. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now it wasn't that Eli hated the Lord like uh, Goliath did. But he was just, it was just of little importance. Little importance, you see. You see, Samson is a Nazarite from his birth. He's got a vow of consecration to God. And he, and he, and he, and he despises it. He lightly esteems it. It's not really that important to it. And he disregards the authorities that were set over him. Third thing, he put confidence in his own strength. Look at chapter 16, verse 17. Chapter 16, verse 17. Then he told her all his heart, said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall be weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in her hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And notice this phrase. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He wist not. That word wist means he did not know. He did not perceive. He did not discern that his strength's gone. He just thought that he'd just do like every other time. He'd just go out and shake himself and he'd just overcome all of them and break the cords and whatever and take off. You see, he didn't think about what was happening to him gradually. He was being worn down until he was powerless to withstand the enemy. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 25, speaking about the Antichrist, it says this, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand unto a time and times and the dividing of time. Now think about our own generation of time. How the wicked are wearing out the saints. They're just wearing us down. You think think about the political situation, or the really it's religious in our work, in our country in particular, with the, the the homosexual marriages, sodomite marriages, and the transgender issue, and they just they're just 
they just come back and you know you, they may get defeated, but they just they just reorganize, they strengthen themselves, they put money more pour more money into it, and they come back stronger and stronger and stronger. What are they doing? They're just wearing out, wearing us out, and they're changing times and laws, customs that have been held for thousands of years. How'd they do it? They didn't do it overnight. It's been over a period of time. It's been over a period of time. You know, this is coming to Samson. It didn't come all at once. It came gradually. You know, the Bible warns us about putting confidence in our own strength. Psalm 118, verse 8 and 9. And it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord to put confidence in princes. Philippians 3, 3. Paul said, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. Now this is Paul. The great apostle Paul said, And have no confidence in the flesh. He said, I don't have any confidence in my flesh. In fact, he told us in Romans, that do I. The things that I would, that do I not. What was his problem? His flesh. He said, I have no confidence in my flesh. Oh, wretched man that I am. In Romans thirteen fourteen, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision, provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able stand to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, you and I are no match for Satan. We're no match. We cannot overcome Satan. See, Samson's, Samson's thinks that he can do this in his own strength. He put confidence in his own strength. He was no longer relying completely on the Lord. He had lightly esteemed his vow, his consecration to God. And it brought him low. It cost him his eyes. And it cost him being bound in the prison house. To be made fun of and mocked. Why? Because he simply put confidence in his own strength. Somebody says this, self-confidence is a besetting sin. Peter, in Mark chapter 14, verse 29, told the Lord that he would never, he would die for him. He'd never, never uh, deny him. He would die for him. Yet he denied the Lord three times. Somebody said he was influenced by his own importance. A young man said to D.L. Moody, Quote, I am a self-made man. I have trained myself, unquote. Moody answered him, quote, young man, when you said that, you relieved God of an awful responsibility, unquote. Go to Proverbs chapter 28.
I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 6. Let's start there. Proverbs 6, verse 16. These things, six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. The first one is a proud look. God hates pride. God hates it. Uh, Proverbs 29. Verse 1, he that being often approved hardens his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Um, you know, Samson self-destructed. Why? You know, he had, he had great potential. Even still, he's listed in the who's who of the Bible, Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. You know, again, understand, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, that understand the time in which he lived, it was a day of great apostasy. But Samson had great potential to deliver the children of Israel, but he never really did. He only gave them temporary relief. But he destroyed himself because he judged by his eyes. He lacked respect for authority, and he had confidence in himself. Might God help us or warn us to realize, like Jesus said, look at in John fifteen five. Jesus said with this to his disciples, "Without me, ye can do nothing." Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. You know, a lot of people have, you know, the, the typical picture of Samson is this, this guy with great big bulgy muscles. You know what I think Samson looked like? I think he looked like everybody else. I really do. Because it wasn't him. It was the Lord. And when he put confidence in himself, the Lord brought him low. You know, it kind of reminds us of the proud and mighty monarch of Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar. When he looked at Babylon and said, look, this Babylon that I have built, and immediately there came a voice from heaven saying, you should be driven from your kingdom and eat grass like an ox. Until some of the times pass over you. Until you realize that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. Giveth it to whomsoever he willeth. You see, might God help us to realize our need of the Lord. That we might live a life that pleases and honors him. And not self-destruct.